Today, I am sitting down with Jamie Kern Lima. If you are not already familiar with her incredible story, she is the founder and CEO of It Cosmetics. You are going to be so stinking inspired by everything that she has built and the incredible place she's taken her company to. It's worth $1 billion. That is bananas. And the wealth of information that she comes with is going to blow your mind. We had the opportunity to sit down together in Los Angeles. We got cozy on a sofa in my hotel room and we talked about all the things for literally hours. This is an excerpt from our very long conversation. And I hope that you enjoy being a fly on the wall as much as I enjoyed being a guest in the room. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. So I always love to ask at the beginning, if someone is listening to this and they've never heard of you before, how would you describe yourself? Like, tell us who you are. How'd you get here? Give us all the good, good details. Well, my name is Jamie Kern Lima and uh, I am a rebel <laughs> and a, a dreamer and uh, in, in recent years figured out how to have enough confidence to just really listen to my gut and do things differently, not be afraid to. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur and have built a, a billion-dollar business by doing things differently. And, and just I just want to, billion dollars with a B, if you are listening at home, <laughs> billion dollars, because the amount of women who can say that is very small. Mm. So I just want to acknowledge that for a minute because it's spectacular and mm. so freaking inspiring. So mm. keep going. And but you're I next, Miss <laughs> Rachel Hollis, you're next. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I did it w- truly with an authentic intention of changing women's lives. And um, I am a really good friend. I'm a wife, sometimes a really good one. Uh, <laughs> I work I work a lot. Um, uh, so working on that. I'm a new, new mom. I have yeah. a, a six-month-old uh, baby girl. Her name is Wonder. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so very blessed for that. And uh, I'm, I'm a passionate problem solver. You know, I sort of am usually just so passionate about solving my own problems, but really so I can share that um, solution with other women uh, to make their lives better. So, and I'm blessed and, and grateful yeah. for every single day. Blessed to be sitting here oh my gosh. with you. Yes. Oh it my gosh. It feels like we're having a slumber party a little bit because oh. we are cuddled up on a couch in a hotel room. Yeah. Uh, finally found some time to sit together and, yeah. um, tell me, so how I, I say, Rachel, yes. this is what I love. I, I like literally walked in in a blazer and my heels and my, you know, <laughs> I mean, ripped up jeans. So I'm a little yes. cool. But then like now I'm sitting here with you. My blazer's yes. off. My shoes are yes. off. I'm yeah. like super comfy. Yes. And that is like one of the million things that's so amazing about you. I so. just my thing is um, I feel like I always have to be I mean, when we're in meetings or if I'm on stage or mm-hmm. the different if we have to do press or whatever, we're in full hair, full makeup. We've got the whole outfit. We've got the stacked heel. We're doing it. But if I get the opportunity to hang out with my friends and and we've become friends, you know, social media friends that will take this now into real life. But I just, I, I have this like deep desire to just be like present and comfortable and not on. Mm-hmm. Do, you, could, yes. do you feel like that? I feel yes. like I'm on a lot and I don't yes. want to be on mm-hmm. with people that I want to be like in real life with. So yeah. 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 Um, but okay. So tell me the story. Cause I know I read the bio. I know about you, but I want to get like, how did this start? How, mm. so you were in, in a newscaster, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, um, and, and I love other people's stories. Like, honestly, everything in me wants to just literally interview you right now and talk <laughs> all about you. That your podcast, for your okay. podcast. Okay. Um, I just love other people's stories. So I thought I was going to do that my whole career. And, um, I went to, to graduate school for business, but I, I, um, I, well, everyone else was getting high paying jobs. I, I went and, and worked for free, literally, to learn 
journalism at a, at a station in the middle of the country in, in uh, Yakima, Washington, and learned how to write and edit and, and, and shoot video and, uh, and, and all of that, like all of it, and, and then got my first job anchoring the news. Uh, uh, and so I thought I was going to do that my whole career. And it's interesting some, sometimes how you think you know <laughs> yeah. what you're going to do, and, and it's like God has other plans. And at the time, I just thought, I was having a, a problem. And what I mean by that is I started developing rosacea, mm. which is um, a skin condition that makes your, your cheeks really red. Um, as you know, we were yep. talking about it earlier, yep. bonding with about it earlier. And, um, and it, there's, there's no cure for it. And, and mine would get very sort of, it, it's really on my cheeks predominantly. Mm-hmm. Mm, me too. You too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I don't know if yours ever gets this way, but it's almost like sandpaper and yes. texture sometimes. Yeah. And it's irritated. Yes. And yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So I would be anchoring the news and under HD cameras and hot lights. And when you are solo anchoring a show, you can't get up and go to the bathroom. You can't really do anything. I mean, you're alive. And yeah. if there's breaking news, you're alive the whole time. And I would, I started hearing things in my ear from my producer, like there's something on your face. There's something on your face. And I knew there wasn't anything, mm-hmm. right? It was my rosacea that was sort of like breaking through the makeup. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever put on makeup that kind of like starts to almost like create lines you don't have or almost look yes. like clay in a desert yes. cracking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, so... I all of a sudden became obsessed with finding um, a product that would cover my problem. Mm. And so that was sort of how the whole uh, idea um, even just just started. And, and I would try every brand out there. And there's, you know, in the whole makeup world, there are beautiful brands for people that love artistry and to do right and and beautiful colors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of different, I guess, companies out there that, that, that position their products differently. Um, but for me, I just wanted it to look like I had really good skin and I didn't want it to make my issue worse. Um, and I couldn't find anything that worked and I spent a lot of money. Uh, I spent, I tried every type of brand and I kind of had this moment where I realized if I have this problem, and I can't find anything to solve it, there must be, you know, so many other women out there that, are, feel the same way I do, and that was how the idea was born for for like a a, a problem solving, um, inclusive company that that created beauty products that that solved issues. So that was how it all started. And, what year um, was this when this is happening? Okay, so I was so this would have been two thousand seven okay. when I started really focusing on it mm-hmm. um, in two. Well, yeah, it was later, late in 2007, I got married mm-hmm. um, on my honeymoon flight to South Africa, wrote the business plan. Um, yeah. Love that. <laughs> um, with my husband and, uh, you know, not the most romantic. Um, <laughs> we- I think it's incredibly <laughs> romantic. That's why I said I loved it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's something I would do. They would be like, Rachel, can we just I have know. a honeymoon? I know. It's it's a, it's that's how I am too. And that's why I'm like, so I'm an okay wife and um, a really good friend. <laughs> yes. And I'm really, no, but like, it's just, I just knew. And you know, when something's on your heart and you just, I just felt like, okay. And eventually we both actually quit our jobs and, and, and took our savings and thought we're going to do this. And, and it's so funny. I, and so, so that was 10 years ago, almost exactly. And I look back Oh my goodness. Like, so there are, I'm sure so many people listening right now that have an idea and, or they're, or they have a business already. They're just getting it started. Whatever is going on. I had no idea. I mean, I think I've worked hard my whole life. I had a lot of jobs growing up and you know what I mean? I had to figure out how to buy my own car and pay for college. And I've always worked hard. I had no idea how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur yeah. um, and how literally it's that sort of unremitting 24-7 pressure that never stops and never turns off. Yeah. And um, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. It's been the most incredible experience. But I mean, I had no idea. So I thought, you know, so we poured all of our money into um, finding the best manufacturers and, you know, waited until we had products I felt like okay these are really life-changing they're gonna be 
I thought the second we launch our business, it's going to be huge. And like, (laughs) like this is the best thing in the universe. People, I just need to launch it. And then everyone's lives going to be changed who has skin issues like me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's how I was with books. I was like, if I can just write a book, I'll be a bestseller. Everyone will want to buy it. That is not the truth. That is not how it happens. But I want to back up real quick before you get to launch, because I think a lot of people have an idea like, well, I'd love to do this. Two things run through my mind. First of all, 2007, 2008, as much as there were resources, I don't think that there was the knowledge that exists today. Like, I think it would be easier right now if I thought, how do I start a makeup line? So I'm curious, how, how in the world did you, what do you do in that time period? You have this idea, where do you even go from there to, to get even a single product, let alone a full you know, yeah. run of them. And, and it's, and, you know, I wasn't from the beauty industry. My husband wasn't, um, the very first employee we actually hired, uh, was one of my, my best girlfriends now of over 20 years. Her, her background is also not, um, in beauty. So, uh, so what we did is, um, I mean, we, we bootstrapped everything and, and I think, you know, we worked, 100 hour weeks. We actually have worked 100 hour weeks for 10 years. This is the first time in my life as of six months ago um, and, and having my daughter and yep. really also just wanting to take a breath and 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 hear my own thoughts again. Um, it's been 100 hour weeks for 10 years, but it was just being hungry, being scrappy and figuring it out. So I would cold call. I cold called every single makeup company I could get a hold of in the entire country. And, you know, when you're, when you're a makeup company or beauty company, one of your most protected, um, sensitive pieces of info is who you work with for manufacturing, whether it's your packaging, your formulas, what chemists you use with, you know, it's very, it's a very, then it kind of sneak in and replicate. Okay. mm -hmm, Yeah. And it's such a closely held thing, but you know, I would just, I'm like, I'm going to ask. I would call every single company and just try to say, oh, who do you use as your manufacturer? And, you know, people would, (laughs) I mean, I tried everything. People would hang up on me. I finally, I finally got a hold of one girl and it must have been a small office. I know now it it probably was knowing the size of the brand at the time. And I talked to, um, to uh, a woman who sounded young, like in, you know, early twenties maybe. And she she told me who they used and she said, and they're great because they do a lot of stuff for, you know, um, and she listed different retailers that yeah. they do their, their products for oh, wow. also. And I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, and so, and, and I thanked her and then I was like, wow. And I was like, okay, this is a blessing to me right now, but it's also like a reminder one day when I can afford employees, I need to make sure they yes. know. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't share our trade secrets. Yeah. And anyhow, that's how I, I, I met and set up a first meeting with our first manufacturer. And, and, and he is actually a dear friend to this day wow. now. He, um, I was trying to explain to him on the back of literally a napkin, no joke, yeah. which is such an entrepreneurial thing to say, but that's totally. what it was, a napkin and a piece of paper, both at two different meetings, trying to explain like this vision that I had for problem solving, all kinds of things and what I wanted and what type of formula and what type of chemist we would need to work with and just all of that. Yeah. Long story short, that was our first partnership. And you know, then, then I, I just did as much homework as I could, learned about trade shows, learned about different things where I could go and meet, you know, the different manufacturers for even little things like regulatory compliance for the FDA, Um, like, you know, stickers, boxes, shipping, operations, warehouse. What I learned too, Rachel, is it doesn't even matter what your company is. You have like the same things you've got to figure out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from how you handle your, you know, IP and legal to the financial stuff, to the, the, the operations to, I mean, wow. And we had to, we sort of figured all of it out, um, the best that we could. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I remember, um, my husband bought this book called, uh, HTML for dummies <laughs> and cause we could not afford to, yeah. build our, you know, to hire yeah. somebody to build our site. And, uh, and he literally built our first website. Wow. And so I remember, 
<laughs> I remember the day it launched and I thought like, that was another moment. I'm like, it's all going to change now. <laughs> like everything, like this is, you know, I was, I, I was so excited. And it, um, the day our website launched, nothing, not a single order. The next day, nothing. On the third day, we got an order and I remember like I literally I was like, ah, I was freaking out. And uh, he's like, um, that was me. I was trying to prove to you it was not broken. Oh, I kept telling no. him, I'm like, it's broken, it's broken. <laughs> he's like, it's not broken. I'm like, it's broken. And then on the third day, but it was him placing the order. Oh, so anyways, no. um, but you know, we figured it out. Um, I mean, and we really couldn't afford to hire anyone. Yeah. And so you have to, you have no other choice yeah. when you're an entrepreneur you have to do what you can the best, the best that you can. Yeah. Um, what you, was, did you launch with one product or you had multiple yeah. things that you offered? Yeah. So we launched with um, some kits, which I now know is the worst idea. <laughs> um, you always want to do a single product okay. and, and cause you can tell a clear message. Mm. Um, and then bye bye under eye concealer. That was our, our life changing. Um, it really is life changing. I'm not, and I know, like, I really am not just saying this to you. I got it in a, this is the most obnoxious thing you're ever going to hear me say. I got that in the Oscar, the night before the Oscars gift bag years ago, because they used to work at Disney. So we got tickets to go. It's a very fancy, fancy party in LA. I'm pretty sure it was night before party, Mm -hmm. but it was a very fancy party in LA and you go and it's the most obnoxious thing you've ever seen in your life because it's the richest celebrities on the planet and they're freaking out over gift bags. Yes. So I'm going all these things and I got it and I was like, I don't, I wasn't super familiar with, so whatever. And I had brought, this is, <laughs> I had brought my gift bag to my office to give away the stuff to the girls in the office. Yeah. And all the girls in my office who were in their 20s were like, oh my gosh, you, no. And they're like, you will, you will not give this to us. You will take this home and you will use it yourself because you don't understand what you're holding in your hand. And so I, Bye Bye Underwear was the first thing I started using. About our concealer. Yes, Aww. yeah. So I started yeah. there and then just the rest is history. But um, yeah. it is the thing for real, if you're listening and Jamie is not paying me to say this to you right now, it is the best. It makes you look like you got not even eight hours of sleep, probably 10. Um, everything you. you just, it's, I use yeah. it every single day of my life. Well, you want to know about, um, about that product by, by under eye. It's, it's really honestly similar to, to what's happened, um, with you and your message. And, and what I mean by that is when people find something that works and that's life changing, they tell people. Yeah. And that was the biggest blessing. One of the biggest blessings in our journey, because early on, we couldn't afford advertising. We couldn't, um, every retailer, by the way, was saying no to us. I would send, I knew our concealer was yeah. life changing. Yeah. I knew it. And I would send it to Sephora and Ulta and every department store and QVC. And we heard no. We heard no after no after for years. Do you think it was because they weren't trying it? I think now that I know and love so many of their buyers and, and, and kind of have seen more inside their world, because Right now, we're sitting here as the number one brand, the, the largest beauty brand's ever been in QVC mm-hmm. in their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been the number one brand at Ulta. We're number two in Sephora. It's crazy to, to even say that because for years, I would literally cry myself to sleep at night, not knowing if our business was going to make it and hearing no again, like no, 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 no. So I don't know if they didn't try it because now I know they get so many products every single day. I don't even know if anyone can do their job and still actually be trying all of these things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But but I mean, now I look back and it was all a blessing. Had we gotten yeses sooner, you know, sometimes, sometimes when, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you don't know what you don't know. And at the time I thought we would go in and crush it and still like we would be, but we didn't have the money to, to, for, or the operational efficiencies to have the right team, to be able to afford, you know, the right fixtures to, to be able to hire an educational team that can train the store staff, like all of these things, uh, that, that, that I didn't know. So we would have gone in and failed. So it was either that they didn't try the product or that they saw that we were too small or we weren't ready. Um, but it was, it was years and years of no's. And the only way we stayed alive 
was that women were trying bivalent concealer, posting their own before and afters online, spreading the word. So that we grew um, by this sort of like authentic like advocacy of women like wanting to tell someone because it had made an impact on their life. And that is, I mean, and and the, and the internet and social was brand new because this this was you know eight nine eight and nine years ago. But thank thank God that yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, well, I I think that too the the gift of a slow journey like none mm-hmm. of this has been fast mm-hmm. for me. This is you know fifteen years of work to get to this place. And mm-hmm. I do these interviews now, and people are like, "Oh, you're an overnight success," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Just because you only." now know who I am doesn't mean that there hasn't been time here. But in the same way, had any of it been successful right away, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have figured out how to prove ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in figuring out how to prove yourself, you learn how to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and all those things that you just said, of course, if I'm, I'm not in your industry, I'm like, whoa, you have to do all of that when you launch a product. But of course you didn't know that. Why would you have that information? So there is something to be said for, going slow. And I think social media now convinces entrepreneurs that if it's if it doesn't work by next Tuesday, then you're a failure. So I, I just love the reminder for everyone listening, like this is not fast, but it yeah. is worth it. Yeah. And you know, I see companies all the time, even in, in the beauty space, that right away they're in retailers and in stores and have so much press and they're sort of like, cool right away before they actually know how to truly build and sustain things like their infrastructure or anything else. And so many of them fail. Um, but but the truth is, Rachel, at the time, if I had a choice, I would have wanted it <laughs> yeah. instantly. Like, give it to I me mean, right now. I was driving so hard and wanted it so bad for unremittingly for so long. Thank God my prayers were not answered at the time <laughs> because had we had we gotten yeses sooner than we did, we wouldn't have made it. And the other thing is the way that it happened. Our first big yes was QVC. And what I didn't know at the time was because we launched on QVC first, it enabled us to be successful in stores. Uh, and I didn't know that at the time. I think it was literally um, just God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was just trying to get a yes from anybody. Yeah. Um, Tell us about that first pitch meeting or the pitch oh, meeting gosh, where you got yeah. it, like, where we we're going to do it. Yeah. It. Oh, so it was after years of no, right? So that's the hard thing is I even remember, actually, this is, um, I love when full circle moments happen. And uh, and if, if, you know, especially if your listeners right now are, are feeling like whether they're being rejected or they're, you know, or, or people around them are telling them their idea is not good. That's another big thing, by the way. What I know now is if you're doing something innovative that no one's done before, of course, everyone out there that's a buyer or this, they're going to tell you they're not sure it's going to work and they don't think it's going to work because it's never been done before. Yeah. So it's never worked before. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't don't have that same vision that you have. So they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish I knew that at the time because there were a lot of people that I would sort of like hold on pedestals in the beauty industry. And they were all saying I, they don't think this is a good idea. And so it's so hard not to let those no's sort of like translate into into doubt in your own head of your idea, of your of your vision. I remember a meeting in Sephora and I can share this now because they're an amazing partner who are wonderful. Um, but uh, at the time there was a, a senior buyer there um, who's no longer there. So I'll share this, but a lot of other people were uh, on my team and on their team. And I remember sitting in the meeting. I thought, this is it. This was like a couple years into the business. I thought, this is it. We're finally going to get a yes. You know, I brought Bye Bye Under Eye in and was able to share with her how women were like spreading um, the message and like all this advocacy that was happening. And I was like, this is going to happen. I know it. So Sephora headquarters are in San Francisco. I flew out and couldn't even afford the flight, right? Flew out. I was alone um, uh, uh, with myself on the flight, got there. Some of my team was there. We went up and then uh, I remember just praying the whole flight. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, uh, like this has to work. Yes. This has to work. Yes. Yeah. This has to work. 
I remember she said to me after I told her everyone, you know, it's changing people's lives and et cetera. She looks at it and she looked at me. It it felt like, I can't even, I I feel like she even looked me up and down at what I was wearing, which how is that relevant? I have no idea. But she said to me, if people were talking about this product, I would know. And they're not. Oh no. (laughs) And I just sat there and you know, and so, and, and I was like, oh, but they are, you know, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I was trying to be kind, all this. Yeah. Anyhow, the moment I'll never forget is, is leaving the meeting um, with a no again and the elevator ride from their corporate office that now I've been to many times, yeah. their corporate office to the bottom. I didn't know who all was in the elevator. I'm sure they were all working at Sephora. So I was trying to keep it together. Yeah. I remember tears welling up so big behind my eyes and I was trying so hard to not let them come out. And I remember hitting the bottom floor of Sephora, rushing out to Market Street, which is the street, Mm -hmm. and trying to go around the building where this fast food thing is. And I finally got around the corner and just, I just like lost, like just sobbing. You know what I mean? Because it was no again. But you know what? Like, oh, I'm telling you, had it been a yes, we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. And I know that now. And, And our first yes was QVC. So, so, Again, years of no, um, and I was finally at a, uh, a CEW event, which is Cosmetic Executive Women. There's thousands of products, and you're demonstrating your product, and and all the women in the beauty industry go there, and they walk by, and they try everything, and uh, QVC had a huge booth there, and uh, so I just remember standing in my booth and and just, you know, praying that I, I was going to go up to the buyer at the QVC booth, introduce myself, um, that whole thing. And I did. Um, and that is a long story, which one day I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but long story short, um, we finally got a yes for QVC and we had 10 minutes. And um, if you're, you know, for, for your your listeners who are unfamiliar with QVC, it's live and it's live 24 seven. There's no script. Mm -hmm. There's no teleprompter. There's nothing. You're, you're live literally talking from your heart and uh, you have an earpiece in and you have to hit a certain sales target. Mm -hmm. Dollars per per minute. Yes. Yes. Dollars per minute. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you don't come back. Yep. We at the time had literally close to no money. Um, we were, you know, not knowing what was going to happen with our business. We didn't pay ourselves the first three years yep. because we couldn't. Yep. Um, all of our money that we had went into product development and, and R&I and regulatory. And long story short, we agreed to do the one airing for 10 minutes and we had to bring in over 6,000 mm-hmm. units of Bye Bye Under Eye Concealer. Meaning you have to pay yes. for 6,000 units to be made. Yes. And if you can't sell them, that's your problem. Yes. I've been in the green room at QVC before and watched someone on air have a product fail Yeah. and then watch them come back to the green room Yes. and realize how in trouble their businesses because yes. I will never forget it as long as I live. Yes. It was. And a single airing can do that. Yes. And, you know, when we were doing two to three orders a day on our website and yet in 10 minutes we needed to sell over 6,000 units and, and that's, that is the biggest blessing of QVC when it works. Yes. But it also, it, if you do it um, too soon, now I've had people tell me like great entrepreneurial lessons, like never accept a PO or a purchase order you can't afford to lose. All kinds of mm. just great lessons. At the time, I was like, this is our shot. Yeah. Like, this is our one shot. Yeah. We have 10 minutes. And and I've seen the same thing you mentioned, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, and it's devastating. It's devastating. Because people have their dreams on the line and it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a huge platform. I... <laughs> I went had a I I went out. I don't know if QVC knows this. I went out a week ahead of time, right? I literally I knew everything was on the line. I knew we had ten minutes, and I felt like it. I knew our product was life changing, but I knew that what happened in those ten minutes, you know. And I would say things to him like, "Well, <clears throat> what if there's breaking news and no one's watching? Like, would we come back again?" And like, no, you got no, you got no excuses. <laughs> yeah. You had no excuses. And <clears throat> I went out a week earlier, and I sat there in the parking lot, and I literally envisioned everything that was going to happen, and I prayed, and I, it felt like it was so big 
because I felt like I knew if it didn't work, we would probably go out of business. It was the biggest. And what, what we chose to do next, um, was for me, I think the defining moment that shifted the rest of my career and, and including what I want to do in the future and what I mean by that and how we shaped our brand, how we hired everything. It was a moment where at the time there were great beauty brands on, on QVC, um, doing amazing things, beautiful products. And some were artistry by like the most amazing makeup artists and celebrity makeup artists. And, and I love watching them and I love their products, but I knew that's not who we were. You know, I'm problem solving. And, and I, and here's the thing when you watch QVC at the time or any television show for that matter, this was before YouTube. So all you saw were women with perfect skin, um, you know, you didn't yeah, and see and done, right? Like yes. they're fully made up and fully they're telling up. you in a beautiful, like all the makeup on, here's the thing that you need to get. Yeah. And usually they're like the same age. Usually they were, you know what I mean? And even the skincare brands that would go on and say, here's our, our, our anti-aging cream, the model would be like 12. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. And it's like, seriously. Yeah. And so it, it was something that that um, I keep like thinking of the Hamilton song. I'm not throwing I away said, my shot. Oh my God. I keep, are you I thinking didn't that? say that because I was like, <laughs> you're going to sound like a weirdo. But that is what I have been thinking for the last seven minutes. And the fact that you just threw out Hamilton means we can be really good friends. Oh, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> no, like all I listen to when I work out. I'm like, oh really? Yes. yes. I'm like staring at you. And for yes. whatever reason, that song. I'm giving it to you. That's I'm what giving, it is. Yes. That song is in my head right yeah. now because it was a defining moment for me where you where you choose to go with your gut and what feels right to you when everyone else is saying it's wrong. And what I mean by that is we had 10 minutes and everything was on the line. And there are a lot of consultants outside of QVC that tell you what to do. And we would talk to people and, you know, do as much homework as we can to try and go, how can we be successful Mm -hmm. in, in these 10 minutes? And everyone would say, here's the kind of models you need to use. But I was like, okay, but if I'm sitting at home and I have rosacea or maybe I'm sick and tired of makeup making me look older or maybe I have acne or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, um, how do I know this is going to work for me when you have the same type of, you're showing me the same image of beauty and the same type of people and they don't look like me. Mm-hmm. And they have no problems on their skin. And, you know, so long story short, I said to QVC, I want to take my makeup off um, and I want to do my before shot that shows me with no makeup. And I want to show my bright red rosacea. Yes. And I want to show how this product has changed my life. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I want to cast models that are different, that have different challenges yes. that, that they've become um, they haven't figured out how, how to, how to solve. And, and, and I want them different ages mm-hmm. and, and, and different skin tones and different issues. And thankfully QVC said, yes, that mm-hmm. would be okay. But it was a huge risk and no one had ever done it before. Mm-hmm. And it was a moment in time where we could do what everyone else has done. And that would most likely be our best chance of succeeding. Or we could do what felt right I knew if we did what everyone else had done, even if it had worked, I would still have regrets. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. it wouldn't feel authentic Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't feel like I was doing something bigger than myself. And the only way I was so stressed out, literally, like my rosacea was so red, which I guess was good for the before and after, but I was so stressed out. And what I did that day is then what I've now done for over a thousand live QVC shows that I've done um, myself, which when you're exhausted, when you're stressed, I had to remember that what I was doing was bigger than myself. And, and, and what I mean by that is I felt like even that day, even if it didn't work and even if women didn't buy the product and even if we got kicked off air, I felt like showing that image of beauty and showing me confident enough to take my makeup off Mm -hmm. and show my rosacea and having these models of different ages show their acne, show their hyperpigmentation, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I felt like women at home needed to see that. Yes. And, and I felt like just seeing that 
would be important and and life-changing. And and my hope was to remind them that they should be confident and and feel beautiful as mm-hmm. well. So I had to make it about that for me to even be able to to, to handle the pressure. Yes. Um and I remember, <laughs> oh my gosh. I studied my butt off with my notes. Like I was so prepared. I like produced in my mind what was going to happen and how I was going to do a demonstration and how the timing would work. And the host who I love dearly and is now a great friend, I, she almost gave me a heart attack. Literally minutes before the show, she came to meet and it was so fast. The meeting was so fast because she was in a hurry. And I was trying to tell her what I wanted to do. She goes, "Uh uh-huh, honey, here's what we're going to do. And she gave me my paper back. And now I know they're under so much pressure and they have so many um, products to talk about. And I know that now at the time I was like, this is my shot. Like, wait, like, okay, okay, okay. But I had no time to, to, to even react. I had to go with it. She told me what she wanted to do and that that's what we were doing on the air. I'm like, okay. And what do you do? You pray. Like, that's it. And, And I remember when we went live, Rachel, I had practiced this demonstration on my wrist where I bend my wrist uh-huh. and I show how other big selling concealers start cracking and uh-huh. ours doesn't. And yeah. I, I had this practice a million times. I get on air. My hand was shaking like this oh, so no. bad. I was trying to talk about the concealers. Oh, no. I, I was like, oh, and then she grabbed my hand. She's like, thank you, sugar. And she threw, she's like pushed it under the, 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 the podium. And I was like, okay. And she carried me in a big way yeah. she's you know they know how to do that yeah but i just gave it everything i had and i showed my bare face before and after and we showed the role and i remember at the 10 minute mark the um sold out sign went up oh your first time first you sold time. out and That's i literally started crying yeah and i now know my husband told me right after he was in the green room and he's like we're not going bankrupt yes. and like it was just oh my gosh and that was it was a big moment for our business. It was a bigger moment for what I learned in that moment, right? Which is like, like when you know something yeah. deep down inside, yes. you can listen to everyone else um, or you go with it. Yeah. Time and time again, whether it was hearing from retailers what we need to do different with our products or had it had we ever listened, we would have never grown our brand to 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 be what it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 it was women that spread the word and and it also helped me understand there's this need to communicate with women in this way mm-hmm. about their own beauty and then the the number of emails we get from women saying i feel beautiful for the first time ever or for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do with our products yeah. i mean i love our products and i think they're life changing it is about being confident enough in a message and wanting to change the conversation to not just put our shot on the line mm-hmm. to do it, but you know we've tried to shape our whole company around it. Yeah. And doing things differently is is why L'Oreal offered to to buy our business because they can create their own brands for free, mm-hmm. right? They could do it for free. They don't need to pay over a billion dollars yeah. to buy a business. But you can't fake authenticity, number one, and and so I don't think they could just build something for free and try to replicate it. And we were doing something differently. And even though they have 30 plus brands, they didn't have anything like it cosmetics. And so doing it differently is what made all the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so what I think is so interesting about this is not only what it, not only you listening to your gut and how you were going to market it or what the product would be, but you doing that created this these products that are life-changing but created a business that's then life-changing for anyone who works there yes uh and i think that it's something i'm uh, in the last six months i feel like this has been put in front of me a lot really incredible powerful female entrepreneurs who are doing really big things um financial success or the jobs that they're creating or the work that they're doing or the nonprofits or whatever it looks like and I don't feel like we hear about it enough. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that there's something really interesting. Like the social media is filled with male entrepreneurs flying around on their mm-hmm. jets and, you know, riding in the Bentley. And it's this lifestyle that everyone's supposed to pursue. But I don't see a lot of women, not in an obnoxious way, but just going, look at, I mean, you're, what you've built is so much bigger than what we've built. But well, I'll get grief for, you know, being a working mom or, or whatever. I'm like 25 people 
25 people support their families and have a car payment and um, buy homes and have health insurance because of the thing that we've built. And with you, that's even so much more massive, not only with the company that you have, but the manufacturers that you're supporting and the different vendors that you work with. What has that responsibility felt like to you? Mm. You're the only female CEO that L'Oreal has had in a hundred plus years. Yes. That's Yes. That feels like a whole other podcast episode. And by the way, Rachel, it was a woman inside L'Oreal that fought for me to keep my CEO title. Yeah. Co-CEO. Yeah. But to keep my my title yeah. and, and to be the first woman in L'Oreal that's history. So it was another woman. And I think that's just so key um, because I think women, as women, we we need to fight for each yes. other. Yeah. Um, it's been everything in my life that, you know, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, so then building, yeah. building the business and creating these jobs and you were at yeah. something recently where I saw you on Instagram and you were posting pictures with, were you said members of the team? Was oh that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, I just love seeing that creation because I don't, I know that there are women right now who are killing it, but it's not something I've seen a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always go back to this idea, like, if, if you don't see something, how do you know you can be it? Mm-hmm. In the same way yes. that you knew that you needed to show those models who had different skin, different ages, different sizes. Like if you don't see yourself in in on TV or in like, how do you know that that's something that you can aspire to? So mm-hmm. um, how did you sort of shepherd that mm-hmm. from, hey, we sold out those 6,000 products to now we've created this yeah. Company. You just said so many things that I'm literally on fire about right now because you are so right. And even when you look in the space uh, that you're in, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? It, it It's almost all men. Yes. And then there's Rachel Hollis. Yeah. Right. But but it's true. Um, so two things. So, so yeah, we have over a thousand employees now and it is so much, um, it is such a blessing. It is, it's also a great responsibility. Um, and I know, you know, I could talk for two hours just about the entrepreneurial journey of going from thinking like, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to be able to afford to hire people. My life is going to be so much easier and oh, better. Yes. And then once you start hiring people, you all of a sudden have a whole new job yes. of managing them. And then once you once you get successful, other people see that and you know your competitors try to steal your employees. Like there's so many challenges with that. Um, but separate from all that, it's also such a great feeling that, you and and your community, your 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 customers, your supporters, are are part of of creating the livelihoods uh, for those people that also believe in your mission. Um, it, it building that is amazing. It's yeah. hard, yeah, hard, amen. But it's amazing. And two things that I just don't want to miss the chance to say because you'd mentioned them, and oh my gosh, they literally lit my soul on fire. First, before I forget, Rachel. You, you said something about how what I built is bigger than what you built. So uh, listen, I learned so much from you uh, all the time. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is that uh, speaking faith, it is a challenge and I correct myself all the time. But I think it's important to just say right now that what you're building is going to be uh, so much larger than like we can even imagine uh, because of the authentic mission behind it to change women's lives. So I just have to take a moment to speak faith because, you know, <laughs> literally, you. Um, and I catch myself with my own stuff, just saying things that it's like, uh-uh, I, I believe in that. I, I girl, <laughs> <laughs> like I am so excited for you and it's about everyone listening and what it's going to do for them. Mm-hmm. And it's about things that are so much bigger than you or, or, and in my journey, I always felt like that's, that's how I got also that and it has to be authentic. You can't just say it. If you don't believe it and live it, it doesn't work. Yeah. But when it's authentic and what you're doing is literally about being service to other people and changing their lives, it will take you through everything. And with, with QVC, I mean, it's live 24 seven. And we got to the point where I was doing over 250 live shows a year and it was all me. Um, they, in the beginning, several years, uh, we couldn't have another person go on. They, they only 
would allow me to do it. And what happens is on like a today's special value day, you walk into the building, you don't leave for over 36 hours. You're doing before shots, producer meetings, before, you know, the the meetings, the host meetings, before every single show, you're on live for a 24 hour period, but you're in the building 36 hours and your shows are so tight together, you can't sleep in the green room. You also have the weight of that sales pressure on your shoulders the entire time. And if you're not hitting numbers, they will pull your airtime that day. When you're a TSV? Even when you're a TSV. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's crazy. And when you're doing really well and you get a phone call that you're getting an hour added on a day, the first thing I think is I I, I feel this this feeling of, of, of gratitude that we're getting more airtime at the same time I have so much empathy for whoever's hour that just got pulled from yeah. because I know what that means. Yeah. And and the pressure is so intense. And the only way I got through it wasn't about hitting those numbers. It was about remembering like who I was doing it for. Yeah. And 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 it's the only way I I I didn't get physically sick to my stomach when we'd miss numbers. Yeah. Because I knew at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about women that need to see and re redefine what beauty is in their own for themselves, yeah, um, and for their own confidence. Yeah. And, but to your point, what you just touched on, by the way, is something that I've been obsessed about lately, and that is exactly what you just said. When you look out at Instagram or Facebook or anywhere, all the images of women. And even when I post my own, Rachel, if I post something that is, you know, I think so inspiring about something to do with entrepreneurship or whatever, most of the comments I get are, how did you lose weight? Or, yes. do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Or, or, or there are things about that. And I've just kind of been, and when you, when you scroll through the feeds, you'll see, all of the most engaged posts usually are some type of an appearance um, related thing with women. Mm-hmm. And it's some type of a um, career or money related thing for men. Yeah. And it really makes me mad. Yeah. It makes me mad. Yeah. And literally last week I was sitting in a meeting with vice presidents and senior vice presidents at my company. These are women with amazing careers long before I hired them, like badass women, like amazing. And somehow many of them breadwinners for their family. Somehow the topic of, of, of confidence and, and body image came up. Every single one of them at that table got vulnerable, which is special. They got vulnerable because normally we're focused on business meetings. Every single one of them lives in a, prison of insecurity about their body image. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about this and and I think about every successful or happy or you name it, woman I know, unhappy, happy, doesn't all of them are in the same boat. Yep. Right? Yeah. Insecure yes. about about image, about body. And I'm obsessed with why hasn't anyone solved that? Yes. Right? No, it's like crazy that we're having this conversation right now. Because this is, so we have a, you know, we have the conference that we do every year and we had the last one in LA and uh, we made a documentary about this experience. And so this is a moment in the documentary where we do this exercise every time it's at the start of our very first day where we hand you a piece of paper and we ask you to fill out on this piece of paper, um, it's, it's statements and they're about hard things that you've lived through. So it's things like I have been raped. Um, I've been addicted to illegal drugs. I've lost a child, like really hard things. There's about 30 items on the list. And we ask you to check off anything that applies to you and you fold the paper up and then we ask you to hand it to the woman next to you. And then she, and you keep passing, passing, passing until you don't know where your paper is in the room. And then I stand on stage and I read off the lines one after another. And if your paper has that box checked, we ask you to stand up. The idea being if you, most of the time we won't stand up for ourselves, but mm-hmm. we stand up for her. Will you mm-hmm. carry her trauma in this mm-hmm. moment? And it's this beautiful equalizer in the room because 
you discover, oh my gosh, so many of us are dealing with these things. And holy crap, look how strong we are. But this year in LA, the last minute before this thing's going to print, I just thought as like a throwaway, which I now think was totally divine, I, I, I thought, oh, I should put something about body image. So the last question on the list says, I hate the way I look. Not I don't like the way I look or I, I would want to change something. I want to lose weight. I hate the way I look. Mm -hmm. And this whole time, you know, you've seen half the room stand up and it's really emotional because these are hard things. You get to the last question. I hate the way I look. 800 women. There were 820 women in the room. 800 women stand up. Mm. I hate the way I look. And the video footage of it is I, I start crying because I'm like, mm -hmm. are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. These powerful, strong warriors, these these mamas, these teachers, these mm -hmm. uh, CEOs, these entrepreneurs, you got like, we're still here. Mm -hmm. This is 2018. Now you and I are sitting here in 2019. It's 2019 and we're still dealing with this. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely insane. I, I told Dave when I came back today, I was at the salon, you know, you're in LA, let's go get some hair extensions. Mm -hmm. And I'm <laughs> at the salon and a woman walks in. I heard it behind me. The hair stylist said, oh my gosh you look so thin. Mm. And she said, oh my God, are you kidding? Oh, thank you. Mm. I was feeling so fat today and mm -hmm. you just made my day because you think I look thin. And I'm, and of course, I've had conversations like that before. Like I'm sure we've all had like, oh my gosh, your butt looks good in the jeans. But I thought, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing that mm -hmm. this, that, that the compliment to you is not you look strong, you're so smart. And she was there. She had, she's with her baby, which is a daughter, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching this go. I'm like, oh, we're still here. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing that this is something that you're seeing too and mm -hmm. thinking about too is somehow this is something that we've been taught by society and the media since we were little because women are so freaking powerful. And if we didn't have this thing holding us back, yeah, we'd be ruling the world. Yeah. This is what I'm obsessed with. So I, I can't stop... So I've never actually shared this in my entire life. But what I will say is when I have been dieting since I was like 14, mm -hmm. my weight has gone up and down my entire life. And I started thinking about this topic, exactly this, and have been obsessed with it recently because I think about this for, for women. When I think about how powerful women are, and, and and why is it that that we're seeing exactly what you're seeing with the differences of how men are portrayed versus how women are portrayed when you have all these powerful women. Okay, so I think about the number of times in my life where because I didn't feel good about my weight, I didn't want to go out. Yes. Right? I I would tell my husband, no, I don't really want to go see friends. I'm too tired or I don't want to meet your so-and-so from college. The truth was I was like, I don't – like. I was insecure about either my weight, the way I look. Like I've dealt with that my entire life. And what I started thinking about was women are rewarded. And it's not just men. It's by other women when, you know, like it's my big, most engagement on right now on Instagram. You could pick any one of my posts and it will be about something totally unrelated. But most of the comments are about how did you lose weight? And and what I'm thinking about lately, Rachel, is think about the amount of energy. Yes. Every single woman, let's just take the U.S., every single girl and woman, the amount of energy that goes into thoughts or time or money yes. spent on things having to do with body image or 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 any of those in, in insecurities that men don't spend and and some men do right so 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 some some people do but but just the amount of that energy if you were to collectively use that energy toward anything else literally anything right? else yeah uh, anything being of service to someone else but your education your career your that energy what could like what could we accomplish yes, yes. and and how different would the world be and and also, um, uh, so so I'm obsessed with that. But but more than that is, 
why hasn't anyone solved it? And yes. and 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 there must be a way. And here's the thing um, I never expected to talk about today, <laughs> but like I've been thinking about this because the truth is when I first got rosacea, and I don't know if you ever had any feelings like this um, at all, but in the very beginning when I first got rosacea, things that I, I, I've never said out loud or admitted, by the way, but they were things like, oh my gosh, will men find me attractive anymore? Yeah. Oh my gosh, is this going to hurt my career? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. And, you know, X, Y, Z, these, these major insecurities. And then what happened for me was I shifted everything I believe about it because showing it uh, on national television, my bright red rosacea, it, it, it was it was about something way more important for me than than any of those things mm-hmm. right um and I felt like it was so so all of a sudden showing my rosacea was was really helping what I felt was going to change the whole conversation about beauty and by the way fast forward 10 years almost every single luxury beauty brand now shows before and afters yeah almost every single luxury beauty brand is stopping photoshopping them thank god because mm-hmm. like that's not real yeah I mean there's they still there's still plenty that do it don't yeah. get me wrong but uh and a lot of beauty brands now and retailers that told me this idea wasn't good, now they're doing it where they're showing before and afters with problematic skin, real women, uh, all ages. I just think like I shifted in my own head from being so insecure and having those limit, like limiting thoughts or mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it, but to truly believing my rosacea was a, a gift, was a blessing, was... And even now, I'll go to the grocery store, no makeup on, and people will say, "Oh, like one recently, one person's like, oh, do you have a sunburn?'" And oh, um, yeah. right, yeah. And uh, but now I'm like, no. But it's like I I literally believe that and feel so confident about yeah. my rosacea. Yeah. And I believe it's beautiful to show it because I believe it's doing something bigger than myself. Sure. So I can sit here and say that, yet. I don't remember the last time I went out in a swimsuit anywhere, mm. right? So why is that? Yeah. And and what I'm obsessed with is I want to solve that problem. Yeah. And I I figured out how to do it with my rosacea, but how do I do it with my body or with anything else? Yeah. And more than that, how does every single woman do that? Yeah. And literally love her body? Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't matter what size you are yes. or, or even what how healthy you are, none of that matters because the thinnest I've ever been, uh, I was probably the most insecure in yeah. that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So how do we solve that? Yeah. That's we yeah. need, I know I know well, you're busy and well, I'm busy, but we need know, to figure this right? out. No, so <laughs> we the, gotta figure this the out. The next book I'm writing is about health. And it's mm. about it's based on that moment of me standing on stage and all these women standing mm. up. Mm-hmm. And what I keep coming back to is this idea, and I think it starts with uh, people of influence having these conversations honestly mm-hmm. but w- is the idea that I think we have to shift what being healthy means mm-hmm. being healthy to me is not about how you look it's about how you feel mm-hmm. and so many women are obsessing over looking a certain way mm-hmm. there are plenty of women who look amazing right now and they're the most unhealthy people you know because they're achieving that in unhealthy ways mm-hmm. or they have massive anxiety or they're abusing their body or they're living off of coffee and cigarettes or whatever like looking a certain way is not healthy mm-hmm. um, how do you feel do you have the energy to show up for your life, to show up for your family, to, to, are you stressed? Are you anxious? Are you depressed? Are you, we need to pay more attention to, um, not just the physical appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like what social media is, right? Mm-hmm. I talk about this so often, the thing women struggle with, one of the things women struggle with the most is comparison. Mm-hmm. So you're comparing her filtered, mm-hmm. you know, highlight reel on her Instagram to your very real life. So you're going and looking at um, like an aesthetically pleasing ideal that has nothing to do with like the very real woman you are Mm -hmm. on the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know the answer, but I do think that part of it is more people just calling BS. Like this is not 
This is not what this is about. This is not who we're called to be. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with your value. And I've actually never thought about it that way, but you're so right. How many women are not doing things that that they have the desire on their heart, whether it's going out and meeting their husband's friends mm -hmm. or signing up for a 5K they've always wanted to, or go into a dance class or doing something that they're worried about other people's perception of how to look if they do it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't believe someone like you is doing this thing. When, like, what are all the things you're holding yourself back from and not able to try or enjoy or grow in because of, being worried about you know how you look in that mm -hmm. scenario mm -hmm. that's that's a travesty and I think it's so deeply ingrained in us that even those women all of us still even have the same thoughts that perpetuate it and 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 what I would argue actually just to even peel back that whole thing because this has been around forever it's been around longer than social media and um, how do you shift and maybe this is one woman at a time breaking free of her own prison of this, but how do you shift your own definition of what is beautiful or what is ideal? And because that is taught, that yes. is taught. I think yes. about foot binding in China. Yeah. I think about like, there are things that are taught to us and defined that don't, that that have no real merit when you think about it. And and this week um, I got into, like I, I was calling, I was having this discussion because I've just been obsessed with it mm -hmm. with a friend of mine who I value her opinion so much and she is so smart. And, and I was talking with her about just why are all these powerful women that are so just amazing in their careers, but none of them would put on a swimsuit. None of them, because of uh, how they feel... And, and she's someone that, I mean, oh gosh, her, she's brilliant. Her, her faith, she is, she's a, a prayer warrior. She, and she says, well, you know, she was making a joke, but she's like, well, you know, not everyone should put on a swimsuit, like, or not everyone should be. And I said, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why? That right there? No. Yeah. It's all things in our own head. Mm -hmm. Th that's like me saying, why would anyone show their rosacea? Yeah. Right? So I've shifted it in my own head to believe that it's powerful and beautiful and of service to other women. So I'm like, how can a woman, whatever her reason is, you know, could one woman at a time have a reason powerful enough for her to literally, of course, you're going to have to put things into play that make thoughts, habits, and everything else. And and there's got to be a way to crack this whole code. But could she have a reason big enough to just freaking love her body? Yeah. And maybe I feel like it's, there has to be a way for women to break free of their own prison and it, there has to be. Yeah. And I'm just super passionate about it because guess what? I haven't solved it for myself yeah. yet. Yeah. And and all these powerful women haven't solved it. And maybe her reason is freaking, I don't care what anyone says, what their definition of beauty, they're not as evolved as I am. I'm going to go out and shake it in my 450 pound and my swimsuit <laughs> because guess what? I want my daughter to see a woman who's confident or guess what? I don't even know that stranger over there, but I want her to feel better and more confident in her own body or yeah. whatever your re your reason bigger than yourself is, I feel like there's got to be a way to solve this. And I feel yeah. like, honestly, it will freaking change the world. Well, here's a, here's a simple idea I'll say for, for listeners. This is something I practice in my own life. If I find myself um, having, and I think we all have negative thoughts about our body, mm -hmm. like even when you're working on not having negative, they still creep in. Um, so for example, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in the bathtub. Uh, I love a good bubble bath. Uh, I was sitting in the bathtub and I was, um, I'd been having some fun because it was Christmas time and I just like ate everything that the world could offer me. And oh my gosh, um, I did the same. So, yeah. I mean, you're like, it's come on, it's <laughs> Christmas. And so I'm sitting in the bath and I'm like, you know, oh, you know, you've got little like what has happened to my stomach? Like, okay, you, the things that you normally do, and I'm, I, I'm sure you guys cannot see what I'm doing, but I'm like, oh, you know, to grabbing my stomach and like Rachel, and I find myself like annoyed that I've eaten, you know, every cookie in the Western Hemisphere, and I was like, what are you doing? And I made myself stop and thank my body 
Like find mm-hmm. things, you know, th- you know, think these legs have carried me through a marathon and multiple half marathons. This stomach, these stretch marks, like my babies grew inside this stomach. And these arms that I think are flabby, these arms, I held my children with those arms. I love my husband with those arms. I've written books with these hands that have mm-hmm. age spots. Like I make myself <clears throat> stop and find gratitude in the body that I have. Like this is beautiful. This is a gift. And it sounds cheesy, but we've got to start with this internal monologue that tells us all the reasons that we don't measure up. Mm -hmm. Because if you can practice, I think that grace in your own heart for Mm -hmm. yourself, Mm -hmm. then you're able to give that grace to other women, Mm -hmm. I hope. Making it a habit and also figuring it out how to, um, because what we see every day around us is, is a reminder of, of something we're not, but it, it's something we know no one is, Yeah. <clears throat> but, but we still see it everywhere. And, and one thing that's interesting too, Rachel, I was listening, um, recently this week, actually, um, I was telling you, I just literally just started listening to podcasts. I know I'm like, you know, I've just, but it's been hundred hour weeks, yes. yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And finally I'm like, okay, I was listening to um, uh, an author who just who just released a book, and she was talking about this topic. And she was saying one of the biggest limiting things that happens is women actually bond over um, over insecurities, and Ooh, if, wow. it, meaning that you know, and 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 the way she explained it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen that a million times. Where if a group of women are like, oh, you know. Uh, I can't even fit in these jeans. And the other person's like, oh, okay. And then you have one woman that's super confident about her body. The other women turn to her and be like, oh, you don't get it. Like, honestly, yeah. you don't understand. And, yeah. and she's almost sort of like excluded for actually. Right? So it's like, it is just such a deep thing um, on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually think it's one of the most important things to figure out. Man, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and sharing your story. And I think what you've done is extraordinary. There are so few women who are existing in the stratosphere that you're in and who did it from the ground up. And for so many people listening to this right now, um, you're the torchbearer. You're the one who's holding up the flame and lighting the way for everybody else. And it's so important for us, for all of us who are listening and for people who admire you online and your team to see you go before. Because if we see you do it, then it makes us believe that we could do something too. So besides that, (laughs) uh, where if they want to find out more about the product, they want to follow you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. tell them where they can find out all the things. Yeah. So, um, so personally my, my Instagram, the one I actually respond to, you know, and and I'm on all that is, is my, a personal one, which is Jamie Kern Lima. So J-A-M-I-E-K-E-R-N-L-I-M-A. Um, our It Cosmetics, Instagram, Facebook, website um, is really amazing. And also where you find all the info. And um, uh, But uh, but my personal one, that's where I do a lot of mentoring and and all kinds of different stuff. So, um, so, so that's where I'm at. I don't know why I gravitate toward Instagram a lot. Yeah. Well, it's um, visual. I mean, I'm yeah. the same as you. I love Instagram. It's my mm-hmm. fave. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. thank you. Thank, thank you. you so hey y'all, we should hang out on more than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform.